don't know if we can be heard, but uh, we're going to give it a try. What what you said, David? We're about to do a daily. We're about to do a daily. Uh, hi, David. How are you? I'm lovely. And James is here. James is here. Hi, James. Great to be here. James Winbrand has joined us here. So uh, great to be with you guys and be here at Sun and Fun. I know, huh? So we're sitting around the corner from the... Uh, the Deland Sport Aviation Expo. Do I have Showcase. that name? Showcase. Showcase. Um, are given a little uh, social event here, and uh, they just fed us some uh, nice food. I, the meatballs were really good. I like the meatballs. So it was the calzone. Was it really? Yeah. And then, and I didn't even notice it, but James caught on to the fact that there was ice, ice cream. Ice cream. Well, that's all I ate. <laughs> <laughs> ice cream and brownies. Yeah, that's and what I had. Brownies. I, I had a little, a little, a little DIY brownie sundae. <laughs> so that was good. So uh, thank you to the land folks. Um, what a nice bunch of people they are. It's just, just astounding. Jaina and and uh, her husband, who I'm suddenly blanking on his name, uh, Dennis. Dennis. Um, and uh, Anna and Dennis Phillip. Yep. Uh, and uh, and a, a really, really uh, a growing uh, and exciting fly-in that they do every uh, November in uh, Deland, Florida. Deland, Florida. Yeah. So, uh, so we thank them for that. Um, it's uh, what day is it, anyways? Wednesday afternoon uh, at uh, Sun and Fun 2019. Uh, like I said, we're outside the tent here, which is down in the uh, in the ultralight area, Paradise. We're in Paradise City. Paradise, at the Llama Tent. At the Llama Tent, and uh, until a second ago, the fly. And rather, the air show is still underway. The uh, aeroshell folks were flying just now. I would assume they're in between, but anyways. So, uh, uh, what whatever happened? What happened today? What's going on? What did you see? You see anything fun, David? Uh, yeah, you too. Huh? All right, James. What did you see? Well, I was very excited by the news out of uh, Aircraft Electronics Association convention last week about the new Garmin unit that's kind of a navigator and seems to solve problems for people with legacy instruments who no longer can do GPS approaches and such because their radios don't support that. So they came out with a product, GNX 375, that goes in slides in a slot in your radio panel and will feed your autopilot and whatnot, your legacy autopilot, everything you need to do. GPS and LPV approaches, and also it uh, contains ADSB in okay. and out. I had a slot in my shop for later this summer for an ADSB install. I was going to do one solution, but this is what I'm going to go. Now. You like this one, yeah? Well, it's got all the all the approaches you could only do before if you you know, go with the old style like a 430 or something that was outdated or modernized with a big flat screen panel. So this is, I think, going to be great news for a lot of people. And that's what I went to Garmin to talk yeah. to them about. It. Yeah, Garmin, last week at AEA, it, uh, announced the uh, 175 and 375. The 175 is purely a WAS GPS navigator. It doesn't have the ADSB functions on it. But WAS... GPS opens up over 4,000 LPV approaches to it. That's lateral position with vertical guidance. There are now far more LPV approaches than there are ILS approaches in, in the United States. And there are going to be more LPV approaches and fewer ILS approaches as the years go by because they're going to stop recommissioning some of the ILSs and take them out of service because of the cost of maintaining them. And the LPV is actually more stable and more accurate and less sensitive to interference uh, like you can get with, on an ILS. So those are two good boxes. They slide into the same slot as the old 
Bendix King uh, uh, KLN89B and KLN90 GPS navigators. If you've got that, you can still do those non-precision approaches that it was qualified for. But uh, when you can do precision approaches, uh, and it's been years of beating on these guys before Garmin finally, you know, bit the bullet and came out with two GPS navigators that'll slide into the same spot, same slot as a standard, uh, as the old standard navigator. So, uh, my expectation, they're going to do damn well with those two. Nice. Yeah. I don't know how much people can hear this. Is a so we have airplanes t- to one side we have the uh, the llama tent, and to the other side we have uh, the edge of the uh, aircraft camping area here. And we've got a uh, I want to say that's a Rockwell of some sort. You know, Navion, I believe. The Navion. A Navion. Yeah. Uh, I just powered up and is now taxiing out on the grass. And uh, but the built. fact that they're rolling means the air show must be over. Uh, built by the same companies that built P-51s. Yeah. Back Poor man's P-51. That's what our friend uh, Navion guy used to, Navion pilot used to call them. Yeah. Poor man's uh, P-51. And a Myers is related to the Navion or it just looks like it? It just looks like it. Yeah. One airplane I heard about today, new airplane, um, that I wanted to go see before we recorded this daily, but I didn't get over there. Um, um, Piper is doing a, tra- a new trainer. Do you know yep. anything about this? What, what do you know? Well, they have uh, they redesigned uh, what's basically a Cherokee with uh, new panel, new avionics. Uh, the, the 100 is uh, a VFR trainer. The 100i is an instrument trainer, uh, and they're call, calling them affordable trainers because they're under three hundred. Yeah, I know, two hundred thirty-five thousand dollars, right? Affordable. It is affordable. I know. Two thirty-five and two eighty-five. I think it is, or two eighty-nine for the IFR version. But, uh, you know, everything being relative in aviation, uh, well, a new Skyhawk's going to cost you way more than that, particularly if you get one with the G1000 panel on it, which is all they sell now. So uh, Piper has really been kicking butt on the trainer market, and they've got a huge number of orders for these airplanes already. One customer alone ordered, I think, 260 of them. Two, who would that? What kind of, what kind of customer is that? The training company. Yeah, I guess so, huh? Okay. And what kind of engines will they have in them? I don't remember, but it's different than the uh, uh, 0320 and 0360s that have been standard in them. Interesting that they are not offering any electric or diesel solution. Well, but I I don't know. They, they're trying to fit into the training market. They don't want to be too radical, right? Ultralights, uh, your your buddies at B-Light had some sort of announcement of what, a one-place, uh, like an ultralight version of the chipper? Or yes. Something? Yeah, B-Light's here with their new uh, single-place, uh, nice-looking little airplane. They've been working right. on it for a while. Because the chipper they'd been doing was an LSA, right? Right. And now this is an ultralight. Well, the, the chipper was an experimental amateur built. Uh, I'm not sure they did the special light sport on that. I don't believe they did. Uh, but this is a single-place uh, they're talking about a $6,000 cost for the uh, for the complete kit if you get in early, plus the engine. And they've got a deal on the engines available right now. So uh, uh, the Weebies are, are still plugging away at trying to crack the market in the between the experimental amateur built and the Part 103. And this new airplane's Part 103 legal airplane. So uh, and the uh, kit goes together fast. A lot of the parts are prefab. Uh, 
it, it, it's not a bad looking little airplane, and if it fits James Weeby, it'll fit anybody. Yeah. Oh, he's a tall guy, yeah. Yeah, James is a really tall guy with long legs, and it's always interesting to see him in one of his new designs with his knees up just about above the bottom of the panel. Now, isn't it isn't it James who a lot of people outside aviation know from Mythbusters? Is that, did he do that Mythbusters thing? Oh, he did do a Mythbusters thing. Yeah, yeah where, he did the what the duct tape thing or the yeah right. Yeah, it was uh, the, the the story was that a guy flew up in Alaska. He left his airplane to go. Right. Uh, I don't know. He got chewed up I, by a bear. Got ripped apart by a bear. And he fixed it to fly it out with duct tape. Right. And they so, proved that that could be done yeah. on MythBusters. And so. and and, and uh, James from from Beelight was the the guest expert who helped yes. him out with this. He, yeah. he was a guest expert in the duct tape guinea pig. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. As I recall, he was impressed that it flew. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't think it would fly, and it did. So, uh, anyways, well, that's here. So. Uh, Beautiful day here on uh, on Wednesday at uh, Sun and Fun, and uh, I guess the weather forecast is for it to be nice the rest of the week, more or less, right? Uh, from, what, from what I saw a little earlier today, I didn't spend a lot of time looking at it. I've been looking at it more at a day at a time, but it's looking like we're going to be good through the end of the show on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. James, anything in particular you're looking forward to or you're going to check out this week other than the, the Garmin stuff? That, uh... I'm excited just to see everything. I wasn't here last year because I was going to A-Base over in Shanghai just about the end of the show, so I missed it, so i got to make up for lost time. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, that's it for, uh, this is uh, this is the first one. I think this is, must be 473 Alpha. Wow. How's that sound? 470? We shall make it so. That's right. Let's go look at some ultralights flying. Yay, rah. 